1: Monday morning, a mournful Monday once again as the Broncos are looking up from the cellar up at the new dynasty in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, and a lot of people calling him already the greatest of all time. I'm saying pump the brakes there because how much Brady won, but top three for sure. Uh, Broncos, congrats, Chiefs. God, man, uh, I don't know. Good morning. I guess morning. I'm going to toss out the good there. Morning to you, Scott. How you doing?
2: I'm doing good. Like I said, uh, you know, last week I quit. I felt like top to bottom, the San Francisco 49ers were probably the better team, but I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes anymore, not against the chiefs. And you see that the, it's not the trust factor I'm thinking, but the, the belief, I guess is what I'm looking for. The belief factor on a team that has been there and done that. And, the doubt that creeps in and just how big the mental aspect of this game is. We talk about culture in the Denver Broncos a lot and how, when I first started covering this team three years ago, you know, th- that team had quit and I never saw that with the Denver Broncos this past year. You know, even when they, they were off to a one and five start, come back on against, against the, that bears team. And you saw that this team believed that they fought the Kansas city chiefs hard. I think that was the one that dropped them to one and five. They kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting. That is a culture that takes a little time, and I think we underestimated that a little bit in year one of the Sean Payton era with the Denver Broncos. Nick,
1: yeah, it's uh, congrats again to the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't no doubt a dynasty now, and I want to maybe take a step back here, Scott. And again, Patrick Holmes, I'm going to just call him at this point the boogeyman. That's that's what he is. I don't know if you again we're talking horror movies today because it was a horror show yesterday uh, for Broncos country, Scott. But uh, it, it makes me think of a uh, Halloween where, you know, they're scaring the little kid. He's going to get you. He's going to get you. It's Mahomes, man. He's just, you knock him down, he keeps coming. But as far as the best team, I mean, can we actually confidently say that the 40, I mean, obviously the Chiefs won, but I think if you put them head to head, who had the better defense? No, no, season? no.
2: I, I no, I, I agree. I'm saying just top to bottom when you're looking at weapons okay. and kind of like matching rosters and stuff, yeah. you look at, you look at, you know, you switch quarterbacks on that team and it's, oh, yeah. it's a, it's a three touchdown game, you know, I agree. it's. I-
1: I think the difference that's is not that's nothing No, no. You know, and I think it's just, no. I, I,
2: I'm not saying the Kansas City Chiefs didn't earn it. I think Kansas City no. Chiefs. I picked the Kansas City Chiefs because I think the belief elevates them. But yeah. from a you know a weapon standpoint, and from and, and top to bottom on talent, I think San Francisco was probably you know on a longer timeline. If it wasn't a playoff and a one and done thing, if you're playing 30 games like baseball, who has a better record? I think San Francisco probably has a better record at the end of the year. But mm. right now. And with the belief this team has and the experience and with the quarterback, Kansas City is the team that I picked to win, despite the fact yeah. that I think San Francisco may be, again, top to bottom. I'm, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here. I know yeah. that. But, yeah, again, it's it's just it, I'm trying to say Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, that defense, elevate them. They're playing better than the sum of their parts because of... Well, their their greatness.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think I was trying to walk the line myself, not to trip you up or anything, Scott. But if I was taking either of those defenses right now, I would take the Chiefs defense. Absolutely. I, the Chiefs have a better defense. And, you know, I mean, we were texting about it, but special teams, man. Harrison Butker had an unbelievable season. Uh, the punting game. The, what changed the game was that muff punt. It's, I think the Chiefs almost immediately scored a touchdown off. Of, it might have been one play. It was, a was of that? Play.
2: missed extra point miss extra point
1: I mean so I think I agree with you because the difference in the offensive personnel but the ers offensive line is not great uh but that was an unbelievable Chiefs defense and special teams I would argue top 3 in the NFL if you combine those two together uh so again Patrick Mahomes is the boogeyman but this was a unbelievable job by Brett Veach Steve Spagnolo, and I think you know Mahomes is obviously the straw that stirs the drink there but that Tyree Kill trade where you get two first round picks and you end up taking uh, the likes of Trent McDuffie, all pro George Karloftis who I somehow got talking. I was like top 10 pick George Karloftis. He falls to like 26, 27 and he looks like a top 10 pick there, Scott best cornerback duo. Trust football yourself.
2: Maybe? Don't don't, you know, again, you start looking, how do these teams at the back end, the, the Ravens, the chiefs, how do they constantly get these guys at the back end? Because, Think of the money ball, they the money ball thing they fell for because, oh, his arms are a little too short or something like that. It's like, yeah, but they're grabbing the either the freakiest athlete or the best player, like you know, the most production, the guys that get it done, who have a red flag for one reason or another. oh, he's six, two and a half instead of six three. you know his arms are thirty two and a quarter. We really want him to be thirty three all right, does he get it done or not, and They keep getting those guys, or they take a chance on, you know, Adafa Owe, who is just a, he's a freak, but they're getting all of these butt guys and turning them into, you know, a cohesive unit.
1: But guys, they're just like me. <laughs> now, uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Good to see you, Michael. Appreciate you coming in and uh, supporting the show on this uh, morning full Monday morning. Uh, we still got coffee, though, and we're still talking ball, of course. Going to be a little shorter show today. Got uh, to get to a doctor's appointment. So gonna, alarm's going to go off here and at 7.10 my time, Pacific. So uh, we got Aaron Wagner coming in saying that Broncos constantly signing retreads and chasing past prime quarterbacks isn't going to help them with this but mortgaging the future on the wrong quarterback would also be devastating. Find the quarterback at all costs easier said than done. I know I was like on Twitter yesterday. So I was like, just imagine how good this Broncos team would be with Patrick Mahomes. Okay. <laughs> like, thank you. If we had a top three quarterback of all time, of course, yeah, this would be a different Broncos team, but without that guy, you're far away and uh, far away on the defense too. I mean, I know it's a ways off Scott. I don't know how the contracts or anything like this would work, but my big brain desperation last night was like, okay, Maybe Vance Joseph isn't that good this year. Broncos are the richest owners in football. Can we buy out Steve Spagnola to get him away from Kansas City? I know he's under contract there, but I think you could probably beat the Hunts out there in Kansas City and bring in, I mean, is there a better value than having the former guy who's like, he's not really a good head coach, not going to jump there again, but an unbelievable defensive coordinator. You have the stability there year after year. Uh, I mean, he's been unbelievable. Probably the most unheralded person for this Chiefs, uh, Dynasty run has got to be Steve Spagnuolo because he's not having these interviews. He's not going out there. They're not pulling from his staff. He's just there constantly and building up incredible defenses that peak come January. It's unbelievable. Yeah,
2: he's the mad scientist type that you know doesn't want to deal with all of the ins and outs of being a head coach or just didn't do it very well.
1: The likable mad scientist for the Vic Fangio people out there. Sorry, go ahead. But yeah, yeah.
2: and uh, and the, you know you see that especially on defense. You know where they just want to coach ball, and yeah. you got you get a guy that's pretty easy to work for in Andy Reid, and you get a good situation. It's a, it's a it's a good good spot for him.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: It's rough. Jesse uh, Fraley coming in and says three rings and he's only 28. I'd like to say good morning all, but we know it isn't. Fortunately, uh, time comes for everyone eventually, right? Uh, the heat death of the universe is inevitable. And uh, eventually Patrick Mahomes will retire. We're talking a decade from now, but there's going to be turnover since then. Uh, the Chiefs you can are going to the coffee's
2: making, kicking in on Nick, too.
1: <laughs> speeding up. Uh, you're going to have some... Uh, I think it's more the 7-10 deadline, uh, but uh, the you're going to have to... The Chiefs making some hard decisions this offseason. Are they going to be able to bring back Chris Jones... And Legarius need. I don't know how much longer do you have for Travis Kelsey slash uh, um excuse me, Andy Reid. I mean, there's gonna be turnover here. So while I, Mahomes is gonna be a constant there for the next 10 years, it's not gonna be this iteration. And one thing I've said on here, Scott, quarterbacks let you knock on the door many times, and the Chiefs are gonna continue to knock on the door because of that. But defenses are very volatile year to year just because it's so depth and health dependent. Like everybody's like, Oh, we just need to rebuild the Broncos 2015 defense. Okay. You just need an all, all-time defense every year, and then the offense can be bad. Good luck. God bless you uh, that, if it was that easy. But that's one thing that I have at least coming out of this is that that was an unbelievable Chiefs defense. It's going to be dismantled some this season, and they're not going to have that influx of draft picks that they had where they absolutely hit on them in that tr- uh, Tyreek Hill uh, trade. So still, they obviously should be the favorites. They're the boogeyman. Uh, but it's going to be hard to three-peat, no doubt, next season.
2: They're a uh, they're the reason, you know, and it's not the, the teams I grew up with, but I grew up with teams like this that you like trading back, you know, you like acquiring players because they hit on a lot of theirs. And um, and again, part of it's a system, part of it's the continuity. You know, we we preach that you know, we have that preached to us a lot, the continuity and staff. And when you've had three head coaches in three years, it's tough to have that type of continuity. And I I wonder. You know, if Sean Payton's here for the long haul, if they struggle, you know, that that's, will he have the patience? I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's my, my, my biggest concern with the Denver Broncos moving forward, I've said before, is Sean Payton, the general manager. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest concern. What's going to hold this team back is Sean Payton personnel. It's, I don't like that dynamic when the head coach has, is basically the general manager as well. Um, so that's something that we what what can do in this Denver Broncos team with Sean Payton, who is an excellent coach, is personnel.
1: Yeah, and I got to say, uh, I, I loved seeing Sean Payton, you know, the radio road to the Super Bowl stuff. But man, he's such a natural and he kind of pulling that off. I know he loves the coaching aspect, too. That's why I jump back to it. But I wonder if things get hard if there is that pull uh, back to the media side of things, because he's good at it. Uh, A lot of hellos in here. Michael Evans saying, wow. Okay. I don't know if it's because of the fatalistic uh, title that we had today, but uh, appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Maurice says, give us Wilson Sertan in a second. You can have the eighth overall pick. I think uh,
2: (laughs) Maurice is coming over from the Falcons podcast. And uh, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't have to trade for Wilson. You can just wait on, wait on him. And, and you know, that's something here. As, as Sherry's saying, why is Peyton now saying the door is open for Wilson? Is he trying to shush the media and rumors, or is it true? Um, I think it's trying to also stoke a little bit of a, um, and appreciate the stars. I see you coming in here at the same time over on Facebook. says, happy Monday. Man, what a tough morning. I think, you know, they've left it open as a restructure. Part of it is they, they screwed themselves by... Showing their hand, and now they can't make a move with Russell Wilson. You can't trade him. If I'm interested in Russell Wilson, and I know Russell Wilson's available, why would I trade for him? You, you're, you can't keep him. I, I've, I've likened this to the Derek Carr situation at, at with the Raiders a lot. People are like, oh, well, they, they trade for Derek Carr. There's no need to trade for Derek Carr. They can't keep him. They're going to cut him, sit back, and wait and sign him as a free agent. But that's just trying to keep your options as open as possible. The problem is, is they slam the door on it, Sherry.
1: Yeah. And Miranda comes in and says, "What well, it looks like a cool mountain picture there. I'm really missing the mountains these days, Scott. So uh, appreciate seeing that. Uh, but uh, she says, uh, and why would Andy Reid retire? Andy Reid is by far uh, the oldest head coach in the NFL. Now that Pete Carroll and uh, Belichick are out of the league, he is 65 years old, going to be 66 here come March. The next oldest is uh, John Harbaugh at 61. So he's about... Uh, five years older than the next oldest head coach in the entire NFL. And Andy Reed has been on the mountaintop and been sitting there for a bit now. Uh, so I think that, I mean, he could come back, no doubt, but nobody would fault him at all. If he walked away this off season. uh, he's, I mean, there's more to life than football, right? Uh, so, uh, he's been at the pinnacle for a bit and again, he could be back, but we're definitely on Andy Reid. Will he be back? Will he retire? Watch at this point, especially, I mean, just considering the success he's had, uh, it's good to go out on top.
2: And uh, Jeremy says, what if multiple teams want Wilson? He's not terrible and will be vet minimum cheap. Um, <clears throat> well, that's two different things to me. If multiple teams want him, you might have a trade thing, but he's got a trade of uh, no trade clause. So he's still yep. in charge of where he's choosing. And if you were to trade him, um, you're, the Broncos would still have to pick up all of the money. So again, I'm just going to kick back and I'm going to talk to his representatives and I'm say, okay, we'll wait. This is where we want. Before he is cut, he will probably know where he's going. Um, there's his his representatives are having those conversations now. And um, Nick, my question is, is it just this year where the money goes towards the 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 dead cap? You know, or is it would it be 2025 as well?
1: I think it's just this season.
2: Okay, I'm that's not what I thought cap- too. So you sign a one, you can sign a two-year deal. I could sign him to a two-year $41 million contract and uh, give him 1 million in year one and 40 in year two with 20 guaranteed and, you know, something like that. So again, if mold Russell holds all the cards and there's no reasonable, I, I saw people say stuff like, you know, they're blaming Russell. If Wilson, if Wilson was a winner, he wanted to do this like all the great quarterbacks. He would have restructured his contract. The 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 Broncos. You, you restructure your contract when either one. That's the only way you can stay on the team. You're about to be cut, or two. You know they. You want to be there longer, or three. What's my third one? This the point is, is they don't want him. Why am I going to restructure my contract so you can cut me anyway? Unless it's just going to kick more money down the line, and then you've got a dead cap for longer. You know it. You don't want me. Why would I do you a favor and take less money? Why would I restructure my contract for you to cut me? That doesn't make any sense. You don't want me here. Pay me, cut me, and let's move on.
1: Yeah. It is pretty inevitable or unlikely that Broncos trade uh, Russell. And I also don't think you get the vet men benefit unless he is waived. So teams are interested in him because they know he's going to be on the market because they know they don't have to pay anything for him. And as far as the rumors that Russell Wilson might be back, I think, Scott, it's the same exact deal uh, that you have uh, had when the Broncos approached him after that first or that second Chiefs game where they're like, listen, wave that injury guarantee, wave that 2025 stuff and we'll have you back. I think that's still on the table. And I think Russell Wilson is probably looking around right now in the league. And I guess there's a possibility that he waves it. If I was his representative, I'd tell him no way in hell do that. Take that money and run and be in a better, different situation next season. Uh, But I think that deal is still on the table. So as long as that deals on the table and we have until what is it? March, whatever it is, uh, there'll still be a door open uh, for Russell Wilson to be back in Denver next season. I just think that is extremely unlikely uh, because why would he waive that money to a contract that both sides agreed to? I just I, that's that just doesn't a, happen.
2: For a coach that and that doesn't want you. I mean that's yeah. the way I see it. You know, Peyton doesn't want Russell Wilson. You know, if, if Russell Wilson, if if Peyton was gone, then we could talk. Maybe there's a possibility. But the, the Peyton Russell Wilson thing is it's done.
1: Yep. I'm I'm with you on that. So uh, continue to follow it. Carl kind of feeling little fatalistic like me saying we're screwed for years. The dead cap hit got to pull some rabbits out of their hat and or trades are tan in a bad spot. Yeah, they're going to have to start hitting on picks. And their picks from the last two draft cycles are going to have to start hitting and becoming plus starters. I mean, it was a is he going to be back because Mathis, anything but a wasted pick, no fourth round pick. But you don't have picks where you have to hit on those fourths. Uh, Drew Sanders, can Marvin Mims be a functional wide receiver? I know that you have value with him being a returner, but God, he needs to be a freaking wide receiver at this point if you're going to be a trade-up valuable player. Can Riley Moss be a starter? I mean, you don't have those top 100 picks because you traded for Peyton, you traded up, uh, you traded for Russell Wilson, but that's the position you put yourself in. You need to hit on those other picks because you don't have those uh, top picks. So uh, they're in a tough spot, but things can turn around. I think this Broncos team... I think Peyton has a vision and a culture and one thing, how are you going to beat the Chiefs, Scott? Obviously it's going to be pretty hard and you're going to have to capture some down chief seasons as they have some uh, obvious rebuilds and things change over the next decade. Uh, But I think the, the formula is there and it's one thing that kind of drove me nuts with the 49ers yesterday, specifically with the offense. I think you need to just beat the absolute, you know, what out of the chiefs from a physical standpoint, I don't know what it was going on. It was kind of giving me shades to, I won't cover your Scott, but that uh, Atlanta Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan, where it's like, you are dominating in the trenches right now. Your offensive line and the run game is taking it to the chiefs. Why are we throwing it eight times in a row here? I mean, you might, I know they're stacking the box, but like you have an advantage right now. You are pushing them. Why are you getting away from that? I think that is probably the strategy I look to employ here. I know it's all about the pass game, but I'm using the pass for explosives. I'm using the run to body blow you. And I think that is probably the strategy for the Broncos where I'm looking to just beat the absolute crap out of you. And Scott, I I know it's kind of obviously counterfactual, but I would have loved to have seen what the Detroit Lions offensive line would have done yesterday. Now, the Detroit Lions defense, different story, but that offensive line, I think, would have made it a really interesting game because I think they could have dictated almost the entire flow of the game because their offensive line is that good.
2: Yeah, and there was a very famous quote that came out of that Super Bowl from Matt Ryan coming off the field at Kyle Shanahan. Run the effing ball. That was, uh, that was, <laughs> that was in 2016. And Jay says, as much as I hear you, Scott, Sean would want Russ if Russ wasn't an issue of the offense in a one-trick pony. Uh, and, and, and Jeremy kind of says what I'm thinking. So if Russ wasn't Russ, then he'd want him. Okay, sure, yeah. It's not a personality thing. It's not because he, you know, he's sleeping with his 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 daughter or something. It's uh, it it was it, it, he doesn't see him as a fit. He doesn't think he can win the way he wants to with Russ and the contract that it's going to take. Let's get out from under this contract as soon as you can, you know. And I see Marie saying, you know, anybody that says the the Broncos did Russ dirty, I, I disagree. I, I don't think that this is, this is about Russ not living up to expectations of what they paid for that's that's not anybody's fault really it's anybody's fault it's george payton's fault it's not russ's fault it's not sean payton's fault if it's not working you move on now divorces can be a little messy and feelings get hurt but this is about sean payton who is the head coach and general manager saying I can't get this team where I want it to be with this quarterback and this contract. We need to get out from it as soon as possible. End of. No big deal. But, you know, like I said, divorces can be messy, but I don't blame either side for that. Um, So you don't want them. You don't want them. I'm out. That's, that's the way I see it.
1: Yeah, but I come away this game. Maybe it's just a make me feel better coping kind of thing where it's like, okay, how am I going to beat the Chiefs? I am going to try to build a team that is going to physically bludgeon them to death, and that is on the defensive line, and that is on the offensive line. And these—that's uh, a kind of a slow build process, Scott, as well. And that's going to take. Who does that on
2: the West Coast? It's only a kick, a, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. <laughs> it's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure.
0: You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: The Seahawks did it for a number of years. Yeah, Uh, there you go. They won a Super Bowl out of it too, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, everybody talks to Legion of Boom. Legion of Boom doesn't Legion of Boom without the defensive line that they had there. Um, It's that that that
2: Southeast slash East versus West mentality. You know, where you've got the black and blue divisions and the AFC North and the NFC North and then SEC football, you know, in the trenches. And then, you know, the West Coast has always been showtime, you know, since I was a kid. It's been showtime. The, uh, you know, and then the 49ers and their flash and the West Coast offense. It's not down and dirty.
1: I think that the power run game and the physicality aspect and hitting Mahomes hard. Many times is the move, uh, and it's going to be a little different uh, without Travis Kelsey there. At some point, uh, I was half expecting him to drop on a knee after yesterday's game, uh, but uh, to te uh But Jesse Jesse comes in and says the Chiefs won the Super Bowl without a big name wide receiver. Nuts! I think. Who's that sound this, like? Who's that remind you of? Who did I say this team reminded me of? We have a full baton handing off from Brady to Mahomes. This was a special teams defense. Mahomes, there's not spending big on the. uh, outside the offensive line, not spending big on the offense and letting him manage the game to a Super Bowl. And uh, it worked. And I know that a lot An of the other data, what was that?
2: An aura, you know, yeah. that, that here we come mentality. Like, oh, you can't beat this guy. This was a, this was the Patriots of, this was the most Patriots-like win from the Kansas City Chiefs. Special teams, defense, quarterback.
1: Yeah. And then,
2: love- you know, that's not to take anything away. They, they, there's good players out there in the offensive line, you know, as, as well. But you can do it without elite skill position players if you've got three of the four other facets special teams, defense, quarterback.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I see Jeremy coming in and say, exactly, Nick, hit every Mahomes every chance you get. I want Denver to take up that mentality and that, uh, that bar that we almost started to see this season where people are starting to call them dirty Denver. All right, bet. Let's live up to that. I'm not saying injure Mahomes. I don't believe, you know, being outright dirty, but play to the echo of the window. And I want the Chiefs fans to hate playing Denver because Mahomes is going to get hit and we're going to be towing that line every game. I want them to come in being like, okay, we're better than Denver, but God, they're going to punch us in the mouth. And uh, that's you you're going
2: to lose next week.
1: Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm hoping for. Just that physical grueling meat grinder of a team. Uh, So hopefully that is something the Broncos can do again. I think that is something that uh, take is going to take a little bit of time given, especially how soft the Broncos are on the defensive line. Uh, But I think you can do that on both sides of the ball. I just, I think that is probably the only path forward for this team. I want the NFL fans, the Taylor Swift fans, Followers, whatever, to be like, oh my gosh, Denver is so mean. Uh, they hit Patrick Mahomes so many times. You know, Mahomes is crying on, on the field. Like, I want to have the shot, the shots of him crying. Uh, you know, looking at the refs, I got hit late. Well, too bad. I'll even take the fifteen yard penalty from time to time if he makes, if you make him feel your presence. Uh, so that I think, and as Miranda said, thanks to David Wilder, said Peyton's a problem, put us in this position. We'll get back to that. But uh, Miranda says going to the next season as the villains. I think you have to embody that because you're not going to be the heroes anymore. You can't, we have the golden boy in the division. I think embrace the the darkness, become the bully and uh, start punching in the mouth.
2: They'll be, uh, they'll have the most fans and the most haters. You know, who's America's team now? That was, uh, might be the Kansas city chiefs. Nobody it, hates it it. Dallas Cowboys have the, uh, you know, the most popular team, but they also have the most haters because they're overexposed as part of that. And you want to, you wanted to come back to it with, with David Wilder. it's funny. I, When I read this as P-A-Y-T-O-N, Payton the first time. No, George Payton is a problem. He put us in this position. I, uh, again, three fireable offenses last year in 2022. Three of them. Nathaniel Hackett, the Russell Wilson trade, the Russell Wilson contract. All three of those were not franchise killers, but, you know, season killers for sure. Um... Any one of those is good enough to cost a general manager his job. He had three of them all in one season. How do you dig out of this? You got to get a little lucky in the draft. And, you know, talking about the dead cap hit, the dead cap hit from Russell Wilson isn't any worse than what his cap hit would have been the next two seasons. So you're going to have to get lucky in the draft on a cheap quarterback, on a cheap cost-control quarterback that can come in and play at a similar level. The problem is, is you were paying for a top five quarterback and didn't get him. So now we've got that money allocated and we still don't have a quarterback. That's the problem. You'd still be in the exact same situation as far as trying to add to the team if Russell Wilson was playing well or not. You just feel a lot better about your chances because you got a top five quarterback. So the cap hit and dead cap hit are basically neutral over the next two seasons you just don't have the guy that you traded for and you don't have those players that you gave away the picks that you the picks that you traded for and you don't have the quarterback so if you can get lucky and really hit on a quarterback in the draft who's cost controlled you're right back to where you started so it's not as bad as it seems it really isn't
1: yeah I- the hard
2: part is you got to hit on that you you, you got to hit on a quarterback in the draft that can play
1: but the hard part of that is scott is that there's been teams who have said that since their inception in the league i know i, I know. mean that's
2: the, 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 the way i try and think of this as a good the good sign nick is you were eight and nine could have gone either way you know you, you weren't as bad as one and five you weren't as good at six and one those two big streaks you're probably right around 500. can this team improve yes now, I think we take Russell Wilson's season for granted a little bit. Russell didn't play all that bad last year. Are you going to be able to replicate 28 and 10? Uh, I, you think, know, his, I think so. his touchdown. And if you can, then you didn't lose so. anything. Yeah, You're not losing anything. So you can improve. If you can replicate think- that, then you can get better next year from 8 and 9. I believe that.
1: I think the difference between quarterback 12 and quarterback 40 in the NFL is as small as we've ever seen in the history of the league, but I think that, you know, you still have to have that top eight perennial guy, but you know, outside of that uh, I think there is going to be a Baker Mayfield esque quarterback where you're talking about bringing in somebody for super cheap and getting competent plus quarterback play for practically nothing. Uh, So I think I'd rather have that than pay top dollar for mediocrity i think that you have enough people who can come in with the schemes that are working out today and how many wide receivers come in plug and play that you there's not this huge drop off after 20 i think 15 to 40 not a big difference so give me the cheaper guy where you're not committed long term so i really do think you could maybe still replicate the statistical output from wilson this season if not then it's going to be for A fraction of the cost. I know we cost the same next season, but I'm thinking long-term flexibility. Which is
2: why they made the move. Yep. Exactly. We're we're not paying 50 million dollars to a guy that is a jag. I can get just a guy for two million. Let's get out from under this contract as soon as we possibly can. And that's why they're making the move because they feel that they can plug in anybody. Now let's work on finding the dude. You know, we're not gonna go backwards if we lose Russell Wilson. And the dead cap hit is not as detrimental because that's what his cap hit would have been. That's what I keep trying to say. It's like, you know, you're not, you're not having trouble signing free agents. You're not broke because you're cutting Russell Wilson. You're broke because of the Russell Wilson's contract initially and some of the stuff that you did anyway, which is why some of these deals were set up to restructure. Now we need to see what happens to Bowles, Simmons, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, all of those guys to figure out if this is going to be a full on rebuild, which I still don't think it will be. Or if it's let's let's bring these guys back on restructured contracts, extensions, let's get them some extensions, add some pieces and let's take another step forward while we are trying to find our long-term guy.
1: Yep. Yep. I agree with you. And we're going to do a quick mock here. I know it's time for me to go, but we're going to start this one here. The Broncos picking 12. Zoom in some. Maybe. What was that?
2: Zoom in, some I can't see. I that. didn't hear you.
1: Zoom in. All righty. There's my alarm. Um, we stop it there. Uh, So we have the Broncos on the board here on the clock. Uh, You had Caleb Williams one, Drake May two, Jaden Daniels three. There you go. Malik Neighbors four, Cooper DeGene. They're gonna have to fix that here. I love Cooper, but top ten. I don't know. Adunze, Marvin Harrison, Jazan Newton, Sean, or Nate Wiggins and Leatu, Latu off the board. Now we're picking as the Broncos. We got Joe Alt, Brock Bowers, Talise Fuaga, Dallas Turner, Terry and Arnold. Uh, this is one of those one Scott where I like like four or five guys enough that I'm hoping to trade back four or five slots. If somebody, you know, I have to get Joe Alt. All right, come up and get Joe Alt. If you need the Bengals specifically, like, Hey, you need to come up. Let me trade back to 18. God bless you. I think with the way this board fell, I would be going with Joe alt. Uh, Personally. I see Jeremy's in the quarterback are bust um, mentality. I appreciate that, Jeremy. That's the first question. Do I like any of these quarterbacks enough to take in them here? I think that, it's certainly possible that Sean Payton could feel that way. Um, we haven't even had a chance to talk too much about that yet. Uh, but for this one, I'm going to go with Joe Walt, um, just because I think it's time to start rebuilding, uh, re-fortifying the trenches and embracing the bully and the physicality aspect. Hit the cord hit the quarterback button.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help.
1: Bo Nix, Michael Penix, JJ McCarthy. They
2: have JJ McCarthy at 52. So I'm going to cheat and take him in this. Well, you can't take him in the second. You don't have a second round pick. Nope. I would cheat and take him in the second. Um, I, I'm I'm probably going quarterback in this spot. If there's if there's only three quarterbacks gone, I might take QB four.
1: Okay. At, at, at 12. And are you of the JJ McCarthy or Bonix opinion for quarterback, quarterback? I'd go
2: JJ McCarthy.
1: All right. That said, um, for Sean Payton, if
2: he is impatient. The guy who is ready to play sooner is Bo Nix.
1: Yep. I agree with you. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if J.J. Uh, McCarthy does end up going top 10 uh, in the end. And I think the team that I'm really in the watch for J.J. Uh, McCarthy is the Minnesota Vikings, just because I think he'd be an unbelievable fit uh, for the Kevin O'Connell uh, offense. But McCarthy's a good processor, a good athlete with a s- above average arm. I'd give him a B-plus level arm talent. Uh, Gary Palmer comes in and says, Hi, Nick and Scott. I am not a George Payton apologist, but I think the contract thing was pushed on him by his boss. That is why he's still here. I'm of the belief that Russell Wilson with a no trade clause in Seattle is not agreeing to come to Denver without the understanding that a contract is going to be made beforehand. I don't, I mean, obviously the time doesn't line up exactly with that, but it's really weird with the Broncos, with the ownership transition there happening at the yep. same time. Uh, so I don't think that, he agrees to that trade without a good faith agreement that they will get a deal done. Uh, but yeah, it's it's three moves for George Payton, really. It's the trade of Russell Wilson. It's the, sign, the contract of Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean, heck, what are the Broncos trying to do right now? It's that $37 million guaranteed uh, injury guarantee for 2025 that's hurting them. That's a George Payton thing right there. It's not just the contract itself. It's the specifics of the contract. Um, and then also the Nathaniel Hackett uh, hiring as well. God, what a... <laughs> laughable uh hindsight and gary as a
2: football if if these guys are coming in it's my job as a football guy to kick and scream if i don't think this is the right thing to do you know the you're you're the owners you kept me here it's as an advisor i would think that you know and he's getting paid well to maybe take the hits on this you know along with last year's i negotiate the contracts um with the how the russell wilson thing you know George Payton might be the whipping boy, and that's why he's still there.
1: You, you might be onto something there. Appreciate you, Gary. Do appreciate you so much, Gary, coming in here. Scott, I'm going to filter this uh, for defensive line, edge rusher, uh, cornerback, et cetera, et cetera. So here we have with the board here, we got uh, Broncos picking at 76. We got Jalen McMillan here. Jarvis Brownlee had a good combine. Brownlee line. was good
2: at the senior bowl.
1: Senior bowl, excuse me. Uh, we have uh, Chris Mahogany's thought pretty highly the guys who stand out from here for me here looking at this, um, I know who I'm going to push for, uh, but Malachi Corley, I think Broncos looking for a wide receiver. I think he brings so much yak ability to the table that he interests me. Uh, Marshawn Nealand Scott, I think he's going to end up going top 60. Uh, I think the combination of size, twitch and uh, length uh, makes him a very interesting player. I like McKinley Jackson a lot too, if you're looking for a nose tackle, Mm -hmm. but the one for me in this class on this spot is Leonard Taylor. The third, Um, I think that he is, Miami had a weird situation last season where they had some injuries and they forced the 300 pound three tech to almost play exclusively as a nose tackle and a one technique taking on double teams. And I think it was malpractice by the hurricanes. Maybe it was the best for the team, but it definitely was not the best for Leonard Taylor. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Scott, if we look back five years from now, if Taylor ends up the best interior defensive lineman in this class, I think he has the best get off of anybody in this class. I know he had the best pass rush win rate of any defensive lineman in this class from the three technique spot as well. And uh, if you want to go and watch a game for Taylor folks at home that uh, interests you, I think that he, uh, his game against Clemson was really good. I mean, he just, his get off isn't, you know, top 10 at Oliver esque. uh, But as far as the pass rush ability, the penetration ability, I think he is one of the better ones in this class. So I'm looking to get after the quarterback. I'm looking to hit. I am thinking that uh, Taylor is one that stands out for me. I'm not sure after the combine, he's going to be this far down. Uh, But I think he was miscast. And because of that, uh, not as didn't have the stats that you'd think for a guy like him. But I think he as a three technique four I, I think he could be really good. So I think Leonard Taylor is my pick here.
2: How do you not put DL as a need for the Denver Broncos if you're PFF?
1: Because they have too many needs, but it Mm -hmm. should be without a doubt. Uh, so that was it. I mean, we take JJ McCarthy there and then uh Leonard Taylor. I would be pretty excited about this one. Uh, overall, you take a shot at a young quarterback. We get an F. I don't care what PFF has to say about that. And then a Leonard Taylor uh, C for that one. Again, I, I think the get off there, he stays on his feet pretty well as well, despite being miscast, which is always a big telltale sign for me for those defensive linemen. So uh I think uh, I would be excited about this one. Um And it is three rounds there. We only have two picks though, uh, Jeremy. So the, uh, There you go. There you have it. We end up taking the, uh, the quarterback there and JJ, maybe the Broncos have trade up from the end. These won't be the only picks the Broncos have by the time the the draft rolls around, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I I think the Broncos are more likely to take Bo Nix than JJ McCarthy. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, see. An ideal situation is you wouldn't mind trading a three and a future pick to move up to two. If Bo Nix is there at the top of the second round,
1: it's certainly possible. Uh, I don't know if you saw Pro Football Focus's mock today um, from Trevor Sycama. I think he finally heard my tweet where I'm like, I'm getting so tired of Bonix at 12 every single draft. Like, there's nothing else to talk about. He's <laughs> the Broncos trading up to number two overall and taking Drake May. Um, oh, that must have caught, and that cost Sertan and three firsts. It didn't cost Sertan. It cost three firsts, two seconds, two thirds, essentially the Trey, Trey Lance pick plus, And the Broncos already had a negative with the trades. But uh, if you believe, if you think Drake May can be a Hall of Fame level quarterback, it's probably the move. And also coming out of the senior bowl, Daniel Jeremiah mentioned it yesterday, teams are not enthusiastic of the talent in the 2025 quarterback crop. Which so is gonna make it even more expensive and more make demand. it even
2: more expensive to get into the top three.
1: But I think it also makes it so you are a little bit more okay. Giving up that future but- pick, because if it ends up being number one next year, I think, I think Drake may is probably a better prospect than whichever quarterback is number one next season. So yeah. that's, it's not no, the Bryce. Caleb postcard.
2: Williams and, and, and Drake may are probably the best quarterback prospect. They'd be number one in each of the last year since Trevor Lawrence.
1: And probably one next year. We'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, Michael commences is a great show today. Nick and Scott go Broncos. Go Michael. We got to get out of here. I probably just got a text from the, uh, the partner here saying, yep, we got to go. So uh, appreciate everyone. Um, follow Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall. MHH also follow us at Mahai huddle. If you haven't done so yet. Join us at facebook.com forward slash my huddle and facebook.com forward slash my huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to our show, like our channel and share in your social media platforms. Um, Nick hates the obvious pick. It's Nick's. I don't like Knicks at 12. If they end up taking him, I get it. I just don't see the, he doesn't hunt Scott. And that kind of drives me nuts. It's a really fine line to walk with quarterback. You want somebody who protects the football, but also isn't a patsy and uh, dumping the ball off at the first sign of pressure, manipulating the pocket, hanging tough in the pocket. And I see so much Derek Carr softness um, from Bonix in terms of being aggressive. I'm looking for somebody who protects the ball, but hunts. It's hard. That's the fine line, but I, uh, I think it's easier to dial back than to dial up. And I think you might have to dial up next. Good luck. It's a whole
2: lot easier to put a bit in their mouth and a boot in their ass. That was an old Southern saying I heard when I was in my twenties.
1: Yep. And throwing with anticipation and throwing guys open over the middle of the field. Easier said than done. The best two in this class and uh, best three in that class, Scott, for that is uh, the worst one's Michael Penix. The best three are probably may Williams and JJ McCarthy. Honestly. So, uh, We'll see. Um, but appreciate everyone. We'll see how it goes. Uh, God, man, dark day again in Denver, but uh, Hey man, 10 years from now, things will be different. <laughs> appreciate everyone. Have a good one. Go Broncos. Choose kindness and compassion. Talk to you later.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.